Why is this divorce taking so long? Right, this is a very popular question. Hey, hey, welcome to the WTF Divorce Podcast. My name is Rob Roseman. On this show, we talk about everything divorce, whether you're thinking about divorce, going through it, or figuring out life after. Divorce, co-parenting, dating, we cover it all and break it into short clips so it's easy for you to find and learn from. If you want more help, head on over to WTFDivorce.com. Thanks for listening. On to today's show. Real quick, let's talk about the sponsor. Today's WTF Divorce episode is brought to you by Soberlink. If you're going through a divorce and custody case involving alcohol, Soberlink is the solution for you. More on Soberlink at the end of the show. Now on to today's episode. All right. Welcome to the WTF Divorce Podcast. Today we are lucky to be joined by Dana Witten. Dana is a Maryland family law attorney. Thanks for being on the show today, Dana. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Well, we get right to the point here. We have a lot of questions from our audience. And whenever we have a divorce attorney on, the questions flood in. So disclaimer, always speak to your attorney because every state is different. But let's let's hop right into them. Here's a popular question that we get a lot. This person asks, advice for a stay-at-home mom who's filing for divorce. Okay, so again, this is coming from just the state of Maryland, but um, what I want you as a stay-at-home mom to remember that a judge doesn't care whether you've had a job, uh, how long you've been a stay-at-home mom for, that's not gonna impact custody at all. If you're a stay-at-home mom, you should get an attorney. And also in the state of Maryland, you don't have to be separated from your spouse in order to file for divorce. But so I would say the first step would be to get an attorney. Well, let's talk about that piece. I imagine the okay. big concern is the financial piece. So like, am I gonna receive child support? Is it gonna be enough? Will I have to go get a job tomorrow? What, what kind of things, I'm sure you've represented stay-at-home moms. What are examples of what that process looks like? So depending on your age um, and the age of your children, I, the, my, my answer would vary, but I would say generally a judge would expect uh, a stay-at-home mom to eventually get to the point where she goes back to work um, because Maryland is a state where generally both parents do work. And again, if you're a younger stay-at-home mom, then your um, capacity to go back to work is higher than somebody who's been a stay-at-home mom for 40 years. And so a judge would expect you to go back to work. You'd probably be afforded some support during the period while you're trying to uh, reacclimate yourself to uh, going back to work or re educating yourself in the form and that would come in the form of spousal support um, but generally yes you'd be expected to get a job and custody would not be impacted based on whether you've been a stay-at-home mom for 10 years or whether you've been a stay-at-home mom for 20 years um, custody and your ability to to earn are not one in the same this is a question that we spoke to somebody else about what about a stay-at-home mom who has like very young kids, newborn, where she might still be nursing. Have you come across that situation and how that impacts custody? Yes. yes. So in the state of Maryland, um, so long as there is a minor child under the age of two, so two or, or younger, um, that the primary parent, the mother essentially, would not uh, be expected to go back to work or to earn income. Um, so it's not like they could, for child support purposes, they couldn't quote unquote impute income or, or treat that parent as if they should be working a 40 hour a week job while uh, there's a minor child under the age of two. But two and on, they expect you to have a job. After my divorce is finalized, can my spousal support be 
negotiated? Uh, this is a good question. Yes, it can be negotiated or renegotiated and that you would need a material change in circumstance. So either your spouse is earning a lot more than he was at the time that uh, you were divorced or you're earning less than you were at the time uh, of the divorce or um, maybe uh, there's been some kind of debilitating incident where you need more support because you can't work uh, as much as you were, but you need what's called a material change in circumstance, and the court will reconsider um, the, the judgment of absolute divorce and what was ordered at the time. So you need a difference between the date that the judgment of absolute divorce was entered and today by the time you get to court. And is there a, let's say you file, everything gets settled. Can you go back uh, two weeks later and say things have changed? Are there requirements on that? When it comes to spousal support, um, judges are always um, careful to remind everyone uh, that this is, you can't come back two weeks later. That's actually what the judges always say, um, that it's usually uh, a couple years, I would say, is when um, it would be an appropriate time to come back um, to renegotiate your spousal support amount. Um, but it kind of depends on the circumstances. And besides support, could custody arrangements, are those often uh, renegotiated? Absolutely. So um, more times than uh, spousal support is renegotiated, custody and child support are always modifiable. Spousal support can be, um, but because we have because it's kids, it's children, um, and they're growing older and their activities are changing and maybe one parent wants to move um, or the parents aren't communicating as, as well as they once were. Um, people get remarried. There's a lot of um, changes. Um, and so you would use the standard of what is the material change in circumstance from the time of the entry of the order with respect to custody or child support and today. So today being when we're in trial or when we're trying to negotiate. So you would need what's called a substantial material change in circumstance in order to modify custody or your child support. What is the number one tip you would give somebody for dealing with a narcissist during divorce? This can be very tricky. Um, I would say that you, my number one tip would be to get a lawyer, but I would tell everyone that. Um, so in terms of dealing with a narcissist, what I have told my clients and one, what one of my clients taught me was that her child's father was kind of gaslighting her. And I have a blog on that on my website. And she would email herself uh, notes about what was said during an incident. Um, and that way she was able to remind herself about um, what was actually said as opposed to what he told her happened or tried to wave it off as if it wasn't that big of a deal. But it's almost like she had this live journal where she would email herself. Um, and then that's actually safer to have these emails because she handed me this whole book of, of emails and photographs to go along with the emails. And it was really helpful for me in terms of preparing myself and her for trial. Um, and so that is what I would say is just email yourself. And then that way it's not a paper copy of like a journal. Um, instead it's, you know, in the, in the cloud. Uh, and so it can't be destroyed that way. Um, but that was how she kept, kept herself organized and how that's how she helped me become organized in order to best represent her. Um, so you'd also wanna find an attorney who kind of specializes in helping spouses who uh, feel as if their partner is a narcissist or gaslights them and that kind of thing. Any kind of more emotional, psychological advice you give? Because I imagine uh, something I hear a lot is like this person, when they're in front of the judge or the lawyer, they're nothing like they are you know, behind the scenes. So they're probably like 
very frustrated watching this. Uh, what, what kind of things do you tell your clients when they're when they're watching this kind of behavior? To just remember to remain calm uh, and that the judge can see your face no matter what. Just to remain calm and that you'll know that they should know that they'll get their turn at the stand as well. And that's where emails to themselves of, of notes of what had happened uh, can help remind them and jog their memories so that they can tell their version of the events. Like, God, this lady had this husband who was, I can say this, was, was filing all these crazy motions or whatever. And she and I had a deal where like I wouldn't send her the crazy motion until she had my response with it too just to keep her sane. Next question. I'm married for over 25 years. We are not divorced yet. If I leave the marital home, do I forfeit property rights? Okay, so this was a good question. And I just want to preface it again that this varies from state to state. But in the state of Maryland, um, marital property can accumulate up through not time of separation, but through date of divorce. So Yes, you can leave your home and still uh, have a marital interest in it. Uh, even if you stop paying the mortgage and you get your own apartment, uh, the mortgage payments, let's say that your spouse is maintaining, um, you still would continue to have an interest in it because every dollar in the state of Maryland that's earned from the date of marriage through the date of divorce is considered marital property. So all the equity in the home that you're leaving in this question would still half of it would still be yours i've heard people attorneys say try not to move out during the divorce process try to wait until it's all settled uh, obviously that can be easier said than done do you have any thoughts on uh, if somebody should stay in the house until everything's finalized usually if there's children and uh frankly if you're a male client i would tell you to stay and not leave um but in this scenario they were married for over 25 years i have a feeling that their children would be not you know under the age of 12 but uh with respect to staying in the house absent an agreement you know it's better to try to resolve it by everyone staying together so that the pressure is on to try and resolve it um in the best interest of the children you mentioned uh for men in that situation any, can you expand on that? Yes. Uh, I typically tell my male clients that when, you know, if their wife's telling them to get out and there's minor children to not leave the home until they have an agreement about when they're going to see their children. Um, and that's again, because you want to keep the pressure on to be able to ultimately reach an agreement. Um, because if a, a husband leaves or a father leaves, there's no without a court order or without an agreement, there's no telling when they're going to see their children again. So it's, I would advise them to stay until an agreement is reached, at least on custody issues. Um, if you're married and you've got property issues, you can deal with that later. But I would advise not to leave until you have when and where am I going to see my children and for how long before you exit the marital residence. And can you get an agreement like that in writing before your divorce is finalized? Yes, absolutely. So you can always, even before you file for divorce, you can reach agreements um, and you can even reach agreements kind of piecemeal, like I just said. So you can reach an agreement on custody, but not reach an agreement on alimony. You can reach an agreement on alimony, but you can't agree on child support. So you can kind of reach agreements piecemeal. Um, and, that you, and then usually the pieces kind of fall into place, especially um, like with the help of a mediator. But yes, you can kind of reach agreements that way. But do it with a lawyer. Ideally, yes. Ideally, yes. 
Right. Um, but it's not the worst thing in the world if you reach an agreement without one and you want it changed later. But yes, everyone should always have a lawyer. That should be step number one across the board. All right. Last question. This is one we get pretty much every day. Why is this divorce taking so long? Right. This is a very popular question. Okay. So I would say in the state of Maryland, pre-COVID, it took a year to get divorced. And it takes a little bit shorter if it's just custody and child support, but it historically would take a year. Um, now I can tell you now that we're, I guess, post COVID, depending on which county you're in, a lot of them have caught up. The smaller counties have not. So if you're in a county with fewer judges, it's going to take longer. Um, I would suggest mediation. I would suggest trying to work things out just to just so it doesn't take, I know, for example, in Frederick County, I think they're 15 months behind, 18 months behind. Um, but why is this taking so long? Probably because you guys haven't been able to reach an agreement. And so I would suggest trying to maybe enlist the services of a mediator. And you can do that with through counsel or just Google, you know, Maryland attorney mediator and find one um, that way. It sounds like uh, trying to settle things through mediation, you can avoid a lot of the things that really slow this process down. Correct. And this and uh, the sooner you can reach an agreement in Maryland, the sooner you can get a divorce. You don't have to wait a year. You don't have to wait six months. You can just have an agreement and uh, tell the court, hey, we reached an agreement and they'll schedule your uncontested divorce within the next 30 days of you notifying the court that, you know, we're done here. Dana, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Tell people where they can connect with you. On my website, it's dwittenlaw.com, D-W-H-I-T-T-E-N-L-A-W.com. Thank you so much, Dana. Thank you so much for having me. It comes as no surprise that not all divorces are created equal. While some divorces are collaborative and amicable, others are painful, accusatory, and may simply have you thinking, what the F? If you're co-parenting with an ex-spouse who abuses alcohol, this is a sobering reality. The folks at Soberlink want to help. Soberlink's alcohol monitoring system is the most convenient, reliable, and reasonable way for a parent to provide evidence that they are not drinking during parenting time. The system's real-time alerts, facial recognition, and tamper detection ensure the integrity of each test, so you can be confident that your kids are with a sober parent. With Soberlink, judges rest assured that your child is safe, attorneys get court admissible evidence of sobriety, and both parents have empowerment and peace of mind. The WTF Divorce Community is here to help shed light on the fact that whatever you're going through, you are not alone. If Soberlink is reaching you at the exact time that you need it, visit www.soberlink.com WTF to sign up and get $50 off your device. That's www.soberlink.com slash WTF.